Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this HR Chat episode, we're going to look at some latest analysis of the labor market and the factors that can drive employee experience. My guest this time is Ben Kalabich, Executive Vice President at United Minds, a Weber Shandwick consultancy that helps organizations deliver positive, lasting change by combining data-fueled strategies and creative communication solutions. As the leader of United Minds Insight and Strategy Function, Ben develops plans that support their clients' people and business objectives. Ben, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Bill. It's so great to be here. So beyond my reintroduction there, Ben, why don't you take a minute or two now and introduce yourself to our audience? Sounds good, Bill. Um, and you did a great job, so I'm not going to add too much. But my background um, is largely actually in marketing and brand strategy. So I spent a, you know, about 17 years of my career focused on uh, you know the customer experience and uh, the value proposition that brands can bring to customers. So um, that was an easy translation into what I've been focusing on over the last three years, which is the employee experience. Um, so that's all about figuring out what matters most to employees and developing value propositions that highlight what's special about working for any given employer. So employee experience has been my focus and uh, you know, happy to share a lot of the findings that we, uh, we identified through a recent survey today. Yes, indeed. There's an exciting new survey. Uh, it came out very recently and it is going to be a big focus of today's discussion. Um, but before we get there, Ben, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the employee experience. Uh, the, the employee experience is top of mind for everyone right now, of course, Ben. It seems like every business conversation revolves around the great resignation or the big quit or the, the, the talent war. The language is very dramatic. What's going on? Yeah, I can hardly keep up with all the different, <laughs> all the different titles and uh, and um, and phrases. But you know, it's been just constant change since 2020. You know, remote work, a greater focus on needing safety and wellness um, as part of the employer value proposition, particularly for frontline workers. Um, so much more focus on labor market inequities, DE&I has been, a, you know, a top focus for employers. Um, and then tons of employee activism uh, around when employers make any mistakes. Um, so that's, that was kind of 2020. And that a lot of that keeps keeps going into this year. Um, but now, as you say, the great resignation is here. Um, and part of that's because almost about 49% of employees are, are burnt out. Um, and uh, almost half of executives view retention as a top threat. So uh, there is such a good reason to focus on the employee experience, not just because of what everybody's going through, but because it's going to hurt the bottom and top line if you don't. What people mean by employee experience, Ben, has of course changed quite considerably over the past few years. And, and now it encompasses a lot more um, of, for example, uh, virtual or remote work. Um, it encompasses uh, the recognition by employers uh, for extra dispensation, if you like, extra consideration of their employees' needs. 
um, certainly uh, through extraordinary times and uh, how that's now uh, changed the mindset, I believe, of, of many employers. Perhaps you can take uh, a little bit of time and just expand upon what you define as the employee experience today. Yeah, so employee experience has definitely changed. I think in the past, you've heard a lot of folks talk about it as everything that happens to somebody from the moment they started to interview with a firm to even after they leave, um, all the interactions that exist. And a lot of the focus on employee experience was making all of that smooth, easy, positive, et cetera. Um, I think the way we're defining employee experience um, has a lot to do with what we've been learning about it, about it as not only what the employer delivers to the employee, um, whether that's repartee, as you said, or um, good connectivity across across the globe, um, but also what the employer expects from the employee. Um, and that may sound sort of odd, like why would an employee experience have something to do about uh, what the employee gives back? Um, but we found in our research that that's really important to employees. And we know it's also important to employers who want to reinforce a particular set of values and behaviors. So we look at it both ways, and we'll get into that as we talk about the study. Ben, United Minds recently published a global research report on the factors that really drive employee experience. Presumably, the Great Resignation was the impetus for this study. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about it, including the structure, the size, and the sample. Sure. We had a sample of almost 2,800 employees globally. Um, That was actually a very diverse sample. So not only were there seven markets included in the example, but we had a mix of office-based frontline and trader manufacturing employees. So the full gamut of the kinds of jobs people have. And we asked people um, a few things. We asked them, how satisfied are you with your current job? How willing are you to advocate for your employer? And how likely are you to stay? We think of satisfaction, advocacy, and retention as the metrics of employee experience, the things that really define it. And we asked them how well their employer stacked up on 79 possible factors that could drive employee experience, everything from having fun at work to having the right tools to do my job. And what we were looking for is, if you look at those 79 factors, which ones really correlate and drive those employer, or sorry, employee experience um, uh, metrics. And that led us to identify the things that matter most to employees and, of course, the things that we think employers need to focus on today. Okay, thank you very much. And what were the most surprising things that you saw in those results, Ben? So I think the most surprising thing is actually gets back to what I said earlier about what, uh, what employees give back. It turns out that if you look at this top six most important factors. So of the 79, you see that feeling appreciating, motivated and feeling a sense of accomplishment are numbers two, three, and six. So half of the top six has something to do with the contribution I'm making. And in fact, if you look at employees who are feeling motivated, those employees are 70% likely to be satisfied with their jobs versus 6% who are not. So motivation um, for managers, from leadership is really important. And employees want to know 
the work that they're doing there is important, it's valuable, it's contributing to the company's mission or vision, um, and that really drives uh, satisfaction. Okay, now I'd like to talk a little bit with you about the concept of fairness, Ben. Fairness is something you noticed in the study. Can you talk more about the definition of fairness today? Sure. So I think in the past, if you were to think about fairness, you'd hear a lot about compensation. And yes, compensation appears in, at, the, you know, at the top of the heap when you look at what employees say they want. Um, it's actually number four. Um, but you see a whole bunch of other things in the top 10 that are really about um, having an unbiased ability to succeed, being treated fairly, um, and so and also being treated, uh, making sure that your, your needs are being met from a health and wellness perspective. So fairness really feels like a much bigger, almost messier kind of problem to make sure that a, you know, an employer is delivering on. Um, but one of the problems that we saw as it relates to fairness is, is really around inequity. So um, one in three employees say that they experience some form of harassment or discrimination at work which is an unbelievably large number. And um, those people are likely to be less satisfied in every dimension that we have of unemployee experience and three times more likely to leave. So this notion of treating people fairly is critical. It's table stakes. If you don't do it right, if you don't eliminate um, harassment and discrimination, bullying, any of those things, you're going to have not only a reputation risk, but also, you know, flight out the door of important talent. Okay, let's just uh, continue this for one moment. Uh, are we talking about equity here then? Uh, would you make a distinction between equity and fairness? Sure. I think, you know, in my mind, equity is part of the definition of fairness. So, you know, fairness might encompass other things like compensation, but it would certainly include, in my mind, uh, this notion of equity and, and being treated, um, you know, properly relative to all of the peers that one has. Okay, thank you very much. So uh, these findings are pretty comprehensive then, Ben. Exactly how universal are the findings? Do they apply to certain markets or certain employee segments more than others? Or, or actually, do they apply to everyone? So we looked at, in the end of this study, right? We looked at all the things that matter, all the things that drive employee experience. And we, you know, crystallized those into sort of four areas, um, sort of what's table stakes, the fairness question, what I give in terms of a contribution, what I get around flexibility and independence, and then what I create together with my colleagues, which is more around culture. And if you look at those four areas, those four main drivers of experience, we found that they predict over 50% of any given employee's experience uh, measured by satisfaction, retention, advocacy. Um, that's a really high number. It's uh, typically you know, on the high end for any predictive model. And interestingly, when we, we broke out the population by segment, so whether it was age or specific market, or, um, or, or any other element of dem- uh, demographics, including, by the way, uh, frontline versus corporate versus trade or manufacturing workers, the model predicted employee experience at 50% or higher for any segment. So, you know, while there are going to be 
some differences in any individual factor of employee experience. Um, for example, um, we know that frontline workers uh, are, you know, very, you know, health and safety and wellness is really top of mind for them um, and really important for them. Um, in general, when we look at the aggregate, the model predicts the same, uh, same level of experience for those folks as it does anybody else. And we think that's because there's some universal truths about what people want out of work. Ben, we are already coming towards the end of this particular episode. Before we do wrap up our discussion, however, I've got a couple more questions for you. Uh, next up, and maybe in summation of what we have discussed today, um, based on what you've learned, what would you advise organizations to start doing? Sure. So um, I think that uh, you know there are a couple things to, to, to mention further, and, and they lead to some of those um, some of those examples. The first is that people are desperate for work-life balance. Um, it's number five um, out of the 79 factors. Um, and remote work is only number 58. It's a much lower, you know, much lower on the, on the scale. So while employers today might be really focused on figuring out this remote work problem, there are plenty of other ways to um, help employees feel you know, a sense of balance, which could be um, giving them more autonomy over their work. Um, setting managers' expectations and changing the culture in ways that support balance and, and reduce stress. Um, additionally, another thing that we found was that fun is number four out of 79 factors, um, and positive workplace is number one. So this notion of having fun, which is not really just about having a beer after work, but also about solving novel problems, means that employers should think about how can we create a culture of co-creation? How can we help you know, involve employees in evaluating culture, changing culture, or developing new solutions for customers, um, really thinking about how to do things in a uh, co-creative manner, um, and making sure that people have opportunities to, to learn um, and take action. So those are just a couple of examples um, from, from what we learned. You know, there's plenty of others, but uh, I, I know we're out of time, getting out of time, so I thought I'd give you just a couple. Okay, Ben. So, just a quick follow-up on that one. If there's if there's one big next step that a company can do today to start making a difference to the employee experience, what would that be? Yeah, you're, you know, Bill, I gave you a whole bunch of ideas earlier, and it's a really good question. What's the one next step? Everybody asks me that. Um, so the one next step is to understand the current employee experience. Um, before you can really make improvements, it's important to understand where you are. And um, as I said, we, we have a model, a predictive model for employee experience. And so what we've done is developed a survey. It's a 10 question survey. Sorry, it's a 10 minute survey with 47 questions. Um, and if, if we get answers to that from employees at a given organization, we can give uh, em employers a benchmark. Where do they fit? And where are some of their strengths and where are some of their weaknesses relative to other employers? And that really helps to guide a broader action plan that we work with clients to develop so that they can really focus on the things that matter most um, for their organization. For example, if a client has a really strong, fun, uh, positive work environment, we might not focus there. We might focus instead on something else that is less strong, such as uh, creating a flexible or independent um, work environment for folks. 
So, you know, again, quick diagnostics, that's what we would suggest. It gives you a read on how you're doing and then you can take action from there. And before we do wrap up for today, Ben, how can our listeners connect with you? So maybe that's through LinkedIn. Maybe you want to share your email address or other details. And how can they learn more about the uh, the awesome work happening over at United Minds and I guess the survey as well, of course? Sure. So they can definitely reach me. Um, my email is kind of long, but I'll tell you what it is. It's benjamin.kalovich at unitedmindsglobal.com. Um, a way to learn more about us at United Minds is simply by going to www.unitedmindsglobal.com. You'll find a range of other topics and insight reports uh, you know, on both employee experience, but also on broader organizational transformation. So we welcome you uh, to reach out and take a look at what we have and to get in touch. Super. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Ben Kalovich, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.